ಸ್ಥಾಪಕಾಧರ್ಮಸ್ವರೂಪಿಣೆ ಅವತಾರವರಿಷ್ಠಾ ರಾಮಕೃಷ್ಣಾಯುಸುಸುತಂಗಸಚಾನೂರಮರ್ದನ So in the last class we had a synopsis of the first chapter of Bhagavad Gita. And today we are going to enter into the second chapter. In the first chapter we left Arjuna sunk in the chariot completely depressed. That's what we saw. And in the second chapter we will find the the real Bhagavad Gita starts where we find Krishna's reaction to the state of Arjuna's mind. So in the very first sloka of the second chapter, we will find that Sanjaya, a character called Sanjaya, is relating to Dhritarashtra, the proceedings of the war. With that, the second chapter will start. So naturally, obviously, the question comes, who is Sanjaya? Now, Sanjaya was the advisor and charioteer of Dhritarashtra. As he was the blind king, he always needed someone to be by his side to advise him. And of course, he needed a charioteer. So he was his advisor and charioteer. We will find in the second chapter of the Bhishma Parva. But there we find that when the Mahabharata war is going to start, then Vyasa offered the power of sight to the blind king. that he might see the war now dhritarashtra declined to have it he said that he does not he did not care to have eyes because with his own eyes he will have to see the destruction of his own kit and kin of his own people so he would better prefer to hear what is happening he doesn't want to see so then vyasa said that all the occurrences this all what is happening in the war sanjaya his advisor his charioteer sanjaya who is always with him in his mind the entire war will be reflected it is just like nowadays the tv so in his mind it will be reflected and he would faithfully report them to dhritarashtra so that's why we find that sanjaya uvacha this is the term again and again coming whenever the war has to be related to dhritarashtra and it is through sanjaya actually we all are seeing as if the war of mahabharata so let us go to the first sloka what sanjaya is saying sanjaya uvacha tang tatha kripaya vishtam asru purna kulekshanam vishidantam idam vakyam uvacha madhusudana tang tatha kripaya vishtam kripa is a special term technical term here generally kripa the word we translate as the grace of the lord but here it has been used as in a very limited sense so in the commentary many of the commentaries we will find that this while saying the word while explaining the word kripa they contrast it with daya the daya is the love for all and kripa is love for your kith and kin we wouldn't say it's love it is an infatuation which doesn't allow you to take care of your responsibilities all our responsibilities ultimately should be for the welfare of all all our responsibilities and the bhagavad gita in the second in this chapter itself in the second chapter itself on the not in the second chapter in the third chapter the concept of yagya will come 
but the entire world is interdependent. And in this law of interdependence, I have a particular role to play. Knowing that my responsibility should be attuned to that type of responsibility. But most of the time in the present world, even in the present world, the biggest problem is this herd mentality. I forget the welfare of all in general, my religion, my particular belief, my national interest, these all becomes predominant and all the wars, all the tensions comes from that. The condition of Arjuna at the beginning of the world war is that, that seeing his relatives, he got overwhelmed. And this overwhelm, this sense of infatuation, which is not allowing him to take care of his responsibilities has been indicated by the word Kripa. So his Kripa, Avishta, he got totally overwhelmed. Avishta means to get overwhelmed by getting totally overwhelmed by this type of in, in situation, infatuation. And because as he was overwhelmed with the type of infatuation, what's the next result? Asrupurna kulekshanam. Asrupurna akula ikshanam. The Sanskrit words are beautiful. Akula. Kula means shore. Akula, whenever the prefix a is used in Sanskrit, it is used in the sense of encompassment. Akula means from one shore to the other shore. Means from so for the entire eye, if you consider the eye to be like a lake, then from one end of the eye to the other end of the eye, what was there? Asrupurna. It was filled with tears. Just see the poet poetry in the word itself. Apurna, purna. Akula, this between, this, uh, between one end of the eye to the other end, means the entire eye was filled with tears as he got infatuated. To such Arjuna, now Krishna will start speaking, Vishidantam idam vakyam. So he will speak the few, uh, now he will start speaking to Arjuna. That's what he's going to speak. That's again, Sanjay is relating to Dhritarashtra. Who is speaking? Madhusudana. The word Madhusudana is a term, is one of the epithets, is one of the name of Krishna. Why he is called Madhusudana? Because Madhusudana means the one who killed the demon named Madhu. Is Madhusudana. So what it has to do with us, why this particular term has been used here? Because here he is going to kill the demon of samshaya, the demon of doubt, the demon of confusion. In our life, we find there's the biggest demon. The other demons outside are nothing compared to the demon called samshaya, the doubt, confusion. So that's why we find even Swami Vivekananda while writing that wonderful Aratrikam song, which we sing every day. Uh, uh, not that one. So there is another song on Ramakrishna, another stotra on Ramakrishna, which uh, Swami Vivekananda wrote. Uh, in in that, their particular phrase comes, epithet comes, the term comes, samsaya rakshasha, samsaya rakshasha, the one who kills the demon of samsaya. So here the word Madhusudana has been used to indicate that, that now the moment Krishna starts speaking, all the doubts will start gradually vanishing from Arjuna's mind. His mind will get clear. He will. He was not in any way capable of relating to the other dimension of existence to see the truth in totality. So all those vagaries of the mind, the cobwebs of the mind will be washed off so that he can relate to that other dimension of the existence, which if we are not capable of seeing, we can never see the truth as a whole. So that's the idea that the, as Krishna started speaking, the, what's the uh, meaning of this literal meaning of the sloka? That Sanjaya said, what he said? That seeing Arjuna overwhelmed with pity, seeing Arjuna totally infatuated, 
his mind grief-stricken and his eyes full of tears, Sri Krishna spoke the following words. The following words will come from the next sloka. So in this sloka, as we told, that when we try to understand the word Kripa, the, we should immediately try to understand it in the limited sense as distinguished to Daya. There is a one in one of the places Swami Vivekananda very nicely indicated when he came back to India, he was giving lectures all around from Colombo to Almora. He told some of the very basic weaknesses of uh, the Indians as a whole, as a nation. What he told a very interesting thing that we are extremely emotional. Every day morning we see the newspaper, our heart cries. So much suffering is going on throughout the world. Yes, we are extremely emotional and we feel satisfied with that. We just hearing all the pitiable conditions, we most probably cry a bit. We sympathize mentally a bit, we pray a bit and there our work ends. So feeling resulting in doing is there. What are we doing out of it? Here also we find that Arjuna was totally overwhelmed with the emotion and that actually was entitled, what was it entitling? To not go for the war, which was his responsibility in not doing. So whenever the feeling results in, uh, we give, what you say, the emotions gets drained out in feeling and we don't feel like doing anything. We become totally unproductive. That is Kripa. When the feeling results in, that sense of responsibility develops that sense of responsibility and we become productive. We move out. That is Daya. Just to say the flower is beautiful and when we don't take proper care of it and it is just getting dried up, we feel sad. That is Kripa. When I see the flower and feel like doing something for it and go and water the plant, take care of the plant, that is Daya. So here you will find that why the word Kripa has been used. The word Kripa in another sense is what is Kripa? Kripa mamaite iti moha nimitta sneha vishesha. Very nice term, word, definition. Kripa mamaite. That they are mine. This type of infatuation, from this type of infatuation, when you find that you have become selfish, you forget your duties and responsibilities. You become a victim of the herd mentality. Then that is Kripa. So we will find in the life of Ramakrishna, a very nice incident that he's showing us that how vigilant we should be in our day-to-day -day life. We should be vigilant. That when the emotion is coming, we sometimes think it's a good emotion. But that whether that emotion is Kripa or Daya, we should always be vigilant about it. Because the same emotion which can be constructive can be destructive if the intention behind it, if it is not guided with proper will. As a human being, we have the capacity to guide our emotions with our will. In every field of life, the marriage, the vows come first and then the question of emotion comes. If as a human being, we have that faculty, we, if we can guide our emotions with the will, we will find our life is more integrated. In case of any, any field, a politician first has to take the oath before serving the nation. There also the passion to be in power, whether it is guided by that proper will that I will take care of all, then that becomes daya. See, in the life of Ramakrishna, a wonderful incident is there. His nephew, Riday, who is to stay with Ramakrishna in Dakshineshwar, he had to leave Dakshineshwar because of some minor, some frailties. The administration removed him. But now this Riday wanted to meet Ramakrishna. After, a, after about a year, he came back. 
But now as it was strictly ordered to him that he shouldn't enter the premises of the garden temple, Dakshineshwar. So he waited outside the gate and sent someone, uh, and through someone he sent the news that he is waiting to Sri Ramakrishna. Ramakrishna in his Dakshinesh, in his own room, was seated with the devotees. The moment he heard, he heard that Ride is waiting for him outside the gate of the Dakshineshwar Garden Temple, he asked the uh, permission from the devotees that let me take leave for a while, let me go and meet my nephew. So along with him, the author of the Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna, Mahindranath Gupta, he was accompanying Ramakrishna. It is, this incident is uh, mentioned in the Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna. Ramakrishna went out, met Ridha, and hearing the, all the ordeals he's going through, the hardships he's going through, tears started flowing down the eyes of Ramakrishna. Mahendranath Gupta, who was standing by his side, he was surprised. Is this the same person who tormented when Ridha did a lot of seva to Ramakrishna? When Ramakrishna was totally absorbed in spiritual impression, it was his cousin, it was his nephew, Ridha, who was taking care of him. But later, you know, he started developing a sense of supremacy that if I don't take care of my uncle, where he stands. What about his spirituality? Everything flows off. He cannot even take care of himself. So that way, he started imposing all sorts of restrictions of Ramakrishna. And Ramakrishna's life was really tormented. He, Ramakrishna himself mentioned that at a point of time, I thought of jumping in the Ganges. That Ridha was so much tormenting me. And for this Ridha, Mahindranath Gupta found he was surprised to see that the tears are flowing down Ramakrishna's eyes. But Ramakrishna has left the devotees in his room. He couldn't spend much time with Ridha. So he took leave of Ridha. He blessed him. He was quite affectionate towards him and turned around. Now when he's moving back to his room, Mahindranath Gupta is accompanying him. Just see that purity is not innocence. It is maturity through experience. Through the experience of life, we develop such a maturity that each and every moment we are vigilant about each and every emotions of our mind. That's why in English they say the price of purity is vigilance. How much vigilance? See how this avatar, his, what the next question he's asking uh, Mahindranath Gupta. He was crying, returning. By, before entering his own room where the devotees were waiting for him, he's asking Mahindranath, is it Maya or Daya? That the tears are flowing down. So whether it is just mere infatuation or compassion. So it's obviously it is compassion because Ramakrishna's uh, tears, we find is for all. When he was going for his tour to uh, Kashi, in Devghar, he was for some time seeing the pitiable conditions of the tribals, the Sautals there, Santhals there. And that's the first uh, seva, the first service of the Ramakrishna order, you can say. Ramakrishna told, I am not going to proceed a single step unless you feed this to Mathur, the landlord, the zamindar, the one who was uh, the manager of the Dakshineshwar temple. He was so much uh, devoted to Ramakrishna. And now Ramakrishna says that first you have to feed these people, this, all these half-clad, almost naked, hungry people, such a nice, innocent people. You arrange a meal for them. Mathur was not willing. He told that the fund which we have already, uh, with which we have started our journey, we will never reach Kashi, even we cannot stay in Kashi if we just spend in just feeding them. And Ramakrishna told, I'm not moving. I'm sitting here. So just see that here, that his tears are for, are for them. When Narendranath, Swami Vivekananda, 
who got the first taste of samadhi because of the blessings of ramakrishna and ramakrishna asks him after that when he comes back from samadhi what do you want he says that i want to be immersed in this state this wonderful state and now and then just come out of this state so that to sustain my body i have my food take care of my basic necessities and again going to samadhi ramakrishna is reprimanding him i never thought you are so chicken hearted so selfish i thought you were like a huge banyan tree that under your shade millions will come for shelter and you want your own mukti so these all the things holy mother when ramakrishna was already sick with cancer ramakrishna is asking holy mother that see the people of calcutta by people of calcutta he means the people of the entire world they are suffering they are in the dark like just like a insect they are moving in the dark won't you do something for them won't you show them light holy mother told i am just a just a house lady what can i do and there also we find ramakrishna yes ramakrishna is insisting you have to play a great role so the, for the people so this speaks of the daya so when it is for all and riday though he is his relative but at the same time he is a part of the existence as ramakrishna very nicely is to pray oh lord everyone calls you jagannath if you are the lord of the universe i am also part of the universe don't you have compassion for me so here as a lord of the universe he has compassion for all even it may be his relative the relative is not going to be apart from his segregated from his amputated from his compassion but that compassion is not restricted there he thinks for the welfare of all and when that happens we go beyond our mere biological liking that we find in the life of holy mother the same thing she was never a biological mother but we say we find that she became the mother of all and that's the human faculty we can and unless we can do that i was in school i found that so much of complications used to happen when the children have some fight and the parents come and get involved so much they forget the other child with whom his children has fought that is they also are child children and in the process of growing both have to be explained i need not take the side of my child and say rust that just take severest action to the other child as from the from the administration point of view we find both the children but what happens that when you are infatuated by kripa you forget your duties and responsibilities and that's the situation in which we find uh, our arjuna is and seeing that krishna will start deliberating the gita to open up his vision so that he can come out from that state of kripa and he can uh, what do you say just take the truth as a whole and understanding his responsibility he can work as an instrument of the divine plan instead of just being an ordinary kshatriya warrior he will become he is supposed to become the divine worker the divine warrior and that's the thing which we find is indicated by the very first shloka of the second chapter with the word kripa it's a negative term but with that negative term it is stressing that you have to come out of it we cannot run away from the problems we should always remember that's what arjuna was doing was trying to run away from the problem the more we run away from the problem you know it for certain the problems will be chasing us today or tomorrow we have to face them in life we can never run away from the problems in the life of swami vivekananda he told that i learned a big lesson when i was in kashi in banaras he visited the durga temple and while returning the path was narrow on one side there was a reservoir on the other side is a wall so no way you can run sideways you have to if you have to run for any reason is that's the road through which you have to pass and now suddenly he felt and the road is quite long suddenly he felt a pack of monkeys something is behind him he turned back and he saw a pack of monkeys is 
were almost chasing him. They were on his, almost on his heels. Now Swami Vivekananda is saying so many monkeys got scared, <clears throat> terrified. He started running. The more he ran, the monkeys also chased him. So he was really terrified. He never knew that how, what to do in this situation. And suddenly from a distance, an old monk shouted, stop, face the brutes. And he's hearing that, he turned around. He just stood facing the monkeys. And he saw a wonderful thing. The monkeys who were chasing him, they also stopped. And they were also staring at him. Both were staring each other. The monkeys were staring and Swami Vivekananda was staring them back. And in no time, those monkeys started receding. The moment you turned around, they start receding. And then they left. Swami Vivekananda told, I learned the lesson of life. Stop, face the brutes. You can never run away from the problem. The problem like the brutes will be chasing you. There is no slipshod remedy. I can never run away from it. I have to face them. In just this context, I remember what to speak of monkeys. You know, even tigers can run away from you if you face them. Just to say something interesting to you. In the forests of Shundarvan, which is full of those royal Bengal tigers. But you know, the poor villagers sometimes have to go to the forest for firewood, for all those uh, things which they get from the forest, some roots, some herbs. Now they're afraid of their tiger. Anytime they attack, they may attack. The tigers attack seethingly. You cannot even, with such a huge body, their movement is almost unperceptible. You cannot, cannot hear, so seethingly they move. But a wonderful things, if the predator with such a strength, they always attack from behind. And that's why what they do, you know, all those uh, who go into the forest, the villages, they put a mask on the back of their head because they know the tiger will attack from the back. Now seeing the mask, they will most probably confuse thinking that they are facing them. And that way they save themselves. What to speak of monkeys, even the powerful lion, the tiger, they think twice whether to attack or not when you're facing them. Stop, face the brutes. There's no other way. However powerful the challenges of life may be, we have to stop, face them. And then you will find they are receding. And that's what Swamiji is indicating. I learned the big lesson of life. Stop, face the brutes. That's what Krishna will be saying, Arjuna. He will be uh, taking away all his doubts. That's what the Madhusudana term means here. Samsaya Rakshasha, he will be killing. And Arjuna's mind uh, uh, will be broadened so that he can build up his life, his spiritual journey based on that. So now we will enter into the words of Bhagavan, Krishna, the second sloka. What it is being indicated? Sri Bhagavan Vacha. The way he is reprimanding Krishna is something wonderful. He is not saying that you are coward. The, the way he will be reprimanding Arjuna is as if you are something, you are someone really great. I never expected this from you. This is the thing, the second, for the first words of the Bhagavan in this Gita is itself a great learning, teaching for us. In our day-to-day -day life, when the children are growing up, Sometimes we get frustrated and we say, you're stupid. But I could have told it in another way. That you are such a nice child. I never expected this from you. It makes a lot of difference. And that's what we will find in the very first words of Bhagavan. Kutastva, from where? Kashmalam idam. Vishame samupastitam. Kashmalam, this delusion. You're not supposed to be deluded. Kutastva, from where it came? Where from? Anarya Jushtam, you are Arya. But this uh, confusion is making you behave like Anarya temporarily, just for the time being. Anarya Jushtam. You are Arya, you are civilized. The word Arya is very significant. We will go to a bit of reflection in that word. Anarya Jushtam. Aswargyam. And it won't help you to attain anything. Swargya. What the Swargya means? That if I do something good, 
I'm going to get something after life in heaven. I'm going to reap my uh, the results of the fruit by being in heaven. So the swarge actually means that it literally means to go to that heaven. But if you just try to find out its etymological meaning, it means by your good acts to get something which you desire. So aswargyam, the way you are behaving, it is not going to yield any good result for you. Akirtikaram, that all will be in future, all will be censoring you, all will be criticizing you by saying that you are a coward, you lack the strength to face the situation. So from where? So that's what he says, Sri Bhagavan Vacha, Kuta, from where? Twa, to you. Kashmalam, this delusion. Vishame, in this hour of peril. When you are supposed to act as per your skills, as per your capabilities. That's what you are building your life. And now when it is needed, when all the skills are required, when all your capabilities are required, we are required to produce them. What has happened? You approve yourself to be a liability instead of an asset. In our day-to-day life, seeing our degrees, a company, an industry, an organization appoints us, thinking that we will be an asset. And then a small challenge makes us so overwhelmed, we find that all those capabilities are of no use. You cannot manifest them. And then you become a liability. So that's why he's saying that with all your capabilities, you become a liability. You cease to be an asset if you are overwhelmed by Kripa. So that's the idea that Anarya Jushtam Aswargyam Akirti Karam Arjuna. So what he's saying, the Supreme Lord Bhagavan Krishna is saying, my dear Arjuna, how has this delusion overcome you in this hour of when it was required? At that time, you were overcome by delusion. It is not befitting for an honorable person, for a civilized person, for a, one who is Arya. You are behaving like an Anarya. It, would, it will not, in no way lead you to any higher abodes. I won't say higher abodes in the sense of after death. Even in this life, it's not going to establish you in any way. And it will result in disgrace. So here we find, as we were indicating, this sloka reflects a wonderful way of speaking the truth. In Sanskrit, it is mentioned, Satyam Bruyat, Priyam Bruyat. Speak the truth, but the pleasant, in a pleasant way. Never speak the unpleasant truth. You may say, why? Truth is truth. No, unpleasant truth is never the truth. We will say, how? The same example, when you say this, someone who behaved, a child behaved in an awkward way and you say you are stupid, is really, that's the truth, is really, it's a truth. In Sanskrit, truth means that which is trikal avadhita. That trikal avadhita means that which exists in the, it was in the past, it is in the present, it is in the future. That alone is truth. When I say boy is stupid just for a stupid act. Is it truth? No. He is not stupid. He has done a stupid act. He is a nice boy. He is an intelligent child. He can, he has a lot of potentialities. So this stupid act is something temporary. It doesn't, it doesn't in any way identify him. It's not its identity. It's just an act. He can easily get rid of it. So I would have better told, I never expected this from you. You are such a nice child. So here also, we will find that whenever we have to speak, the speak, if we find the truth is unpleasant, know it for certain it is not the truth. Because that doesn't define the person. When I say a hardcore criminal, a criminal, it's again a mistake. Yes, because of the circumstances of life, he or she has committed some severe crime. Most probably has developed the tendency of that crime. But that doesn't mean the world has stopped for him. That's what we find. That sometimes in the jail, they are there with the idea there is no chance that genes cannot be changed. He is his nature. But now even in the genetics, there is a branch called epigenetics. Our behavior constantly is 
mutating our genes constantly. In the nowadays, we find that even the governments are making laws, rules, regulations based on the idea that genes from the genes the behavior is a one way. The genes decide that how we are going to behave, how we are going to conduct ourselves in life, as if there is no alternative. Even in modern biology, the branch of epigenetics is quietly becoming strong with evidences they are showing. Our genes are constantly changing as per our behavior, as per the environment in which we are, they muted. And they again, in turn, change our nature, our behavior, our character. So you can never say criminal, a criminal. There's a way out. Instead of just saying that you rot in the jail, we can say that it is not a jail. It is a rehabilitation center from where again, he can come out so that crime doesn't define him. Most probably at certain point of time, of certain point of time in his life, because of wrong way of understanding, he was doing something. But he can come out of it. If he can come out of it, and when I say he's criminal, as if through eternity is going to be criminal, that's the idea we find here. That Arjuna is not, he's Arya. He is a great warrior with noble character. He knows what is right, what is wrong. But for the time being, he got infatuated. That's why very nicely, Krishna is saying that try, behave like an Arya. What the word Arya means? Cultured and civilized. But if you take the etymological meaning, Arya means that it is straight. Means the one who is straightforward, who never has something in his mind and behaves in other way. He's a straightforward person. Sri Ramakrishna used to say, Mon Muk Ak. The one whose speech always conforms to what he thinks. He never tries to just fail by hiding his feelings with some advertised words. So he is an Arya. The life of Ramakrishna is that why we fail to be Arya. In our life, we find that we are never sometimes we go, we become a mass of compromise. We go on compromising, compromising, compromising with the idea that if I don't compromise to a certain extent, life cannot be uh, as easy going as it is. It will be full of turmoils, tensions. Let us compromise. And that's how our conscience goes on becoming crooked. We can never more remain as a very straightforward, easy to deal person. We become a mass of crookedness. How it happens? There's a nice incident in the life of Ramakrishna. You know, he was, uh, he heard that a new road has been constructed to connect the barak, the British barak, the army barak with the port city Calcutta. The Calcutta was the capital of India under the British rule. So this Calcutta was in the port. So anywhere you will find in the olden days, the one of the route of attack was from the sea. The pirates will come, the other nations will attack because there was no airplane, it was to the sea. So if your capital is just on the seashore, you are vulnerable. So they, they what they used to do, though the capital has to be in the shore because the River is there, the ocean is there, the water resource is there. So it makes, you, it makes you more livable. But at the same time, the army barrack shouldn't be immediately in the port because when the attack is there, you are vulnerable. So the barrack has to be a bit away from the shore. So in Calcutta also, the barrack was 150 kilometers away. But in those days, there was no, as such, uh, I mean, it was all forest. No one was living between Calcutta and barrack. Now, for easy access, they had to build a road from Calcutta to that barrack. So what is the easiest road? What is the shortest road? If there, now our roads become all curved because of the residences, other places, other landscapes. But if you don't have uh, anything as such, if you don't have anything as such, uh, it's just a forest. Then what happens? 
just the straight line will be the shortest route. <clears throat> so that road was constructed from the barrack to the barrack, the place, the barrack is named Barakpur, the place where the barrack is. From there to Calcutta, the shortest road will be the straight line. So the road was constructed. It was quite broad and just straight. Even if you go nowadays, the road is still there. It's a straight, nowhere the road takes a curve. Ramakrishna hearing that one road has been constructed that is not far away from Dakshineshwar. He can go and see it from Baranagar. He has to go to Baranagar. From there, he can see that. So it was not far. In those days, people were habit of, had the habit of walking. So Ramakrishna to have an evening stroll along with the same Mahindranath Gupta and his uh, another nephew, Ramlal, just had went to see that road. This, Ramakrishna was a wonderful character. The moment he saw the road, seeing the road, he went into Samadhi. Deep contemplation. He had to be whole, otherwise he would fall down. And for quite a while, he was in that state. When he came back from Samadhi, what he's saying is wonderful. This road is like the heart of a holy man. Straight and wide. No narrowness, no crookedness. and Straight. No compromise. No kripa. It can, anger, it can just, uh, what do you say? Uh, take the welfare of all into consideration. And no compromise while reaching to the truth. Straight. And just seeing that immediately, yes, that's the mind of Ramakrishna. It's always ready to be sparked. As Ramakrishna used to say, it is like the dry uh, gunpowder. The, mi the mind of an illumined soul is like a dried gunpowder. A little friction sparks. And that's the mind of Ramakrishna. Seeing that road immediately has having the idea, it's the heart of a holy person. Straight and white. For us, our life gets crooked. You know why? Just the way the river gets crooked. Not a single child, as a small child, if you ask, do you want to be good? No one will say, I don't want to be good. All want to be good. All want to be integrated person. But what happens in the course of life, you know? Just like the way the river gets crooked, our conscience gets crooked. You know how? When the river is coming down from the, the, from the stream, from high up in the mountains, the stream is coming down to the plains in the form of the river. And now the moment it, its journey gets obscured by some hard, rocky terrain, immediately it tends to bend towards the soft soil. And that's how the river course is never straight. If the river is extremely forceful, like the Amazon, it's straight. Such a tremendous force, whatever comes in its path, it will just simply wash it off. It goes straight. And even in the ocean, after coming, going into the Asian ocean for kilometers, you can find that the Amazon River's course is still visible because it's tremendously forceful. But where the rivers are not that forceful, it will be just taking crooked path. And when they are at, at, the, at last, when it is about to fall in the ocean, it has formed lots of deltas because so this force is so less, it has to take thousands of ways to at last reach the ocean. For us also, as we lack that strength, our conscience goes on compromising. And that's how we become, all become an area. Outwardly, we may be dressed as a civilized person, but we are extremely uncultured. How? Because we find that our conscience is no way straight. So much compromises we go on doing. And Arjuna is also going to do that compromise here. And that's why Krishna, in a very nice way, saying it, it is not, doesn't befit you. I never thought that you, the man of integrity, the man of character, with all the capabilities and skills of a Kshatriya, will behave in such a way. And then the next sloka, which Swami Vivekananda liked very much, See, again the same idea. It doesn't befit you. It doesn't befit you. This klivata. This unmanliness, klivata means something of uh, inert, which has no life, that is cleaver. So this unmanliness, from where it came, it doesn't befit you. Na etat upapadate, kshudram ridaya daurvalyam. This faint-heartedness, ridaya daurvalya, 
Kshudra, this little, this uh, something which is to ignore, ignoble, which has to be ignored, it's Kshudra, which is so belittling. That thing, that, what is that? That's Hridaya Dorvalya, that faint-heartedness. Tyakta, rest, get rid of it and get up. Parantapa. Parantapa means the conqueror of enemies, who has the power to really uh, make the one who is not in the righteous path to suffer. And it's to a certain extent required because sometimes when uh, the government has made the lower laws, regulations, at, at last it entails suffering the one who breaks. So if we take those suffering, not as punishment, but as a feedback mechanism, that when you are not, your life is not conducive for the welfare of all. You, your sense of independence is at the cost of the other's welfare. The society in the form of punishment gives you a feedback. So the, you have to suffer for that. You cannot just simply take for granted that your independence uh, will be simply uh, uh, foreborn with the, all others. If you make others suffer as a punishment, there's a feedback system to say you that this is the thing which is going to result. That's how the entire creation is constituted. We cannot break laws, we break ourselves. So that's the thing that you are supposed to be parantapa. With your might, you're supposed to make others, those who are not in the path of righteousness, to be scared. And your faint-heartedness at this moment is in no way something which uh, I, uh, is something uh, we can encourage. So, O Partha, it does not befit you to yield to this unmanliness. <clears throat> Give up such petty weakness of heart and arise, you the vanquisher of enemies. The word cleaver here is a very significant word. The one which doesn't respond to the stimuli response conditioning is cleaver. Just take a rock. It has no life. What's the, what's the first distinction between life and non-living? The first distinction, you can say the only distinction is that which does not respond to stimuli response conditioning is something which is cleaver. As we evolve, the more we find we are responding to the stimuli response conditioning. And when we re respond to the stimuli response conditioning, at the beginning of the evolution, we don't have choice. As a human being, I am responsible. This even, even in our scriptures, it is mentioned that no other creature, no other creature suffers or enjoys the result of their action. Only the result of action is expended. Whatever the fruits uh, of action you have done as a human being, that as a result gets expended in others' birth. But then do, they don't accrue new karma. It's a very interesting theory. Only human being, only in the human birth, we accrue the results of karma. A lion by killing other animals doesn't accrue any karma. Why you know? Because for them, the stimuli response conditioning is fixed. But as a human being, it is not fixed. We have a choice. Kartum, akartum, kartum. When a situation arises in front of me in my life, I can do in the I can just act in a particular way. I may not act at all, or I may act, but in a different way. kartum. So choices are there. We are as if in the crossroads. So that's why we are only the responsible creature in the entire gamut of existence. The word responsibility means responsibility. The one who has the ability to respond, the other creature doesn't have. That's why when one person, when Swami Vivekananda was uh, traveling around India, so in Chennai it happened, a person who was extremely lazy, he used to, Swamiji knew that he has no, as such, that, uh, that um, zeal to do anything. Extremely lazy. And he somehow took that laziness to be his uh, 
what's it's a, that his uh, part of his is is an in, is something a positive thing of his character because he was not harming anyone he was lazy but he was a goody goody fellow so he came to swami vivekananda to ask what do you prescribe for me what swami ji told him is very interesting can you still can you speak a lie he was taken aback he was taken aback why swami ji saying he was was quite forceful in his word well first you go and still you go and lie then he told what are you saying swami ji well see you are leading such a lazy life there is no question of getting even the uh, some harsh uh, feedback from the society in the form of reprimandation you don't give that scope also even for you even those hard reprimandation which you get because of your ill doing that also has a chance to teach you to do something productive you are in such an inert state and he told something wonderful a cow doesn't speak lies a wall never steals the cow remains a cow the wall remains a wall a man makes mistake but the same man becomes illumined how it happens because of that capacity to respond don't be clever respond to the situation that's what krishna is asking what you are saying apparently seems to be good that you want to be a goody goody fellow that won't do act that's we have that capacity to respond to have the ability to respond to the situation why because as a human being we have certain faculties which no one else have we have to use those faculties that's why sri ramakrishna when he told that tumade chaitanya hok be illumined it's something a wonderful thing is saying he used to say that in bengali the word man is called manush manav is manush in bengali so he the one who was totally illiterate as not totally illiterate it is it will be wrong to say totally illiterate he knew to read and write but in this way we think of formal education he never went for it so this ramakrishna had the freedom to break the words in his own way his mind was not regimented by the university education so he had the right so he is breaking the word manush in his own way in no grammar you will find but he is saying manush is man plus hush is manush very nice man plus hush is manush now this man and hush has meaning man means value in any of the indian language man the value in sanskrit is it is a derivative from sanskrit in all the language you will find man in all the indian language man means values hush means hosh in sans in bengali hush in hindi it is hosh hosh means awareness that as a human being we have certain unique traits that no other creature has are you aware of them and being aware of them do you use them to prove yourself that you are not just a human being in form but really as per your traits you are a human being that uniqueness do you prove through your life if you do that then then you have that hosh that chaitanya to be manush otherwise we are, we are just a animal walking in two feet nothing else other animals walk in four feet we are just an animal who have the capacity to walk in two feet do pe gadha as uh, we used to be reprimanded for doing the wrong doings in our brahmachari days i remember that what's the idea that as a human being i have the power of self observation so many emotions are playing through my mind are they positive are they from daya or are they from kripa i can see them i can discriminate them the power of discrimination is there and then i have the will power to act as per my conscience and i can guide my emotions with that will power my emotions is very natural it can drag me towards the welfare of my kith and kin forgetting everything else but i have the will power to guide my emotions and come out of such narrow groove i can come out so as a human being i am a responsible being so when krishna is saying this 
kutastva this klaivyam masmagama partha that come out of this klaivata so he is indicating that that don't behave like a just an inert thing which is not uh, uh, he does not have the capacity to respond to a stimuli and even not like the lower animal animals lower creatures which though have the power to respond to the stimuli but they can have to do it in a fixed way as for the instinct as it has been programmed for them you are human being and that also a refined human being you are arya you have that capacity to choose as per your this all these various traits and act as per the situation is concerned so that's the idea behind the word to get read of klivata kshudram hridaya durvalyam tyaktya this the kshud what is kshudra hridaya durvalata what is that faint heartedness in our life what is meant by faint heartedness whenever we find our emotions are not guided by our will that is simply faint heartedness and that results in all the disintegrity in our family life that the government has to spend so much money on this all the things which erupts from family disruption at last we find we are at fault because of that faint heartedness our emotions somehow we don't have the strength to control them by will it's just the opposite thing has happened we say we are free but we forget we are not free we are the slave of our whims and fancies throughout our life and that's has been, <clears throat> that is wrongly judged as freedom <clears throat> as swami ramakrishna and they used to say very nicely that what is freedom freedom doesn't mean freedom of the senses freedom means freedom from the senses the senses are dragging us like mad horse have i cap- have, do i have the capacity to be free from them to transcend them or i simply i'm under the sway of them and say i'm free it is not the freedom of the senses it is freedom from the senses so when you find that your freedom is leading to the belief that it is freedom of the senses you are just a faint hearted person kshudra hridaya darwale use your will power as a human being you have the faculty to just hold the rein of your mad emotions and take it to the proper direction so that instead of it simply disintegrating you if you cannot hold the rein of the horse it is just going to destroy your chariot if you want to take it to your destination the same horse can be taken to the destination if you know how to hold the rein strongly capably with full your all your strength the same horse which tends to take you wayward will take you to your destination so get rid of that kshudra hridaya darvalya tyakta uttishta paratapa that as we were saying that fear may be in what you say we can uh, use the word fear as an acronym by interpreting as forget everything and run or we can interpret as just uh, <clears throat> face everything and rise so here tyaktu tishta is that that when we are afraid everyone even the one who is a very famous performer they also have stage fright but they use it to focus not to get overwhelmed to transcend the fear i still remember in india there one cold drinks a mountain dew long back i don't know whether it's still there it's a soda it says uh, this a soda drink <clears throat> that uh, it's the advertisement was that a person after taking mountain this mountain dew can climb there's there's very steep hills so uh, the advertisement was dar se mat daro dar se aage badho that don't be afraid of fear transcend fear so just use the fear as a springboard to excel so that's what is indicated by the word tyakta uttishtata then don't be afraid this i understand the situation in which you are immediately seeing your relatives your teeth and kin this type of emotion is quite acceptable it is there but why you should get overwhelmed by that you have the should have the strength to subdue that and think of the situation calmly and act accordingly so that's the idea with which we find bhagavan is uh, at the very at the very beginning we find the words 
as if god is choosing sri ramakrishna used to say you know what's the sign of realization betale papa the one who is realized who will never have a false step is each and every word is as if measured he won't go even in his words he won't even stray and this for the so called uh, this academic education with that what happens you know ramakrishna is giving another example the so called person who doesn't have realization who has academic education for them you know what's the condition it's just like a shallow pool which looks the water is very clean you just take a stick and just stir the water a little all shorts of this mud and everything you will find is immediately just coming up and uh making the water murky in a very short time just little a little so little challenges of life that that apparent clean water because our there is no realization all our knowledge is so shallow it makes the water murky in short time so we need that grit that resolution and that happens when the education becomes nervous association of ideas that it's not only just a book knowledge that knowledge has become has changed my stimuli response conditioning it has become a nervous association it has got associated with my nerves it has changed my reflex then that alone is the education so that's what krishna is indicating here get up from this fantardness don't be afraid of these challenges you have the power to transcend it and how to transcend it bhagwan gradually through through the entire gita will be showing way to the arjuna which of course is a way for the entire human kind so with this we stop our discussion today we'll continue with the study of the bhagavad gita again in the next class namaskars prabha